재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. The death toll for last week's suicide bombing in Baghdad claimed by Islamic State has risen to over 200, making it the deadliest single attack to hit the country in a year. Uh, the Baghdad assault came just days after massacres at a cafe in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and at the Ataturk International Airport in Istanbul, Turkey. So we're going to try to get some analysis on this recent wave of terrorist attacks by ISIS. Uh, joining us on the line from the University of Oxford, International Relations Professor Richard Kaplan. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Uh, hundreds of civilians killed in these series of suicide attacks um, claimed by Islamic State, uh, hitting countries as diverse as Turkey, Iraq, Bangladesh, and Saudi Arabia. Uh, what is this a? Is there some kind of madness to their method, so to speak? Well, no. There is a logic behind the attacks and behind the Islamic State's behavior more more broadly. ISIS, as it's also known, seeks to recreate the caliphate of early Islam, the caliphate that existed from the 7th to the, the 13th century. And ISIS uses terrorist attacks, as it has in these instances, for various purposes. One is to weaken the re- the resolve of opposing government forces in Iraq, Syria, and Turkey, who are confronting ISIS on the ground. Another purpose is to defend, as ISIS sees it, true Muslims, which include embattled and embittered Sunni Muslims, especially in Iraq, in their sectarian struggle with Shia Muslims, whom ISIS regards as, as heretics. And terrorism is also a form of publicity and is used to generate new recruits. To what extent, from the perspective of ISIS, have they been successful in those goals? Well, they have succeeded over time in uh, mobilizing support in in recruiting from across the the world. I live in the UK, and the UK has provided recruits for the the ranks of ISIS. That's true of many uh, other West European states, young, especially young uh, Muslims in these these countries, in some cases, have been attracted to to ISIS. So in that respect, they have been successful. They have been less successful, if you will, on, on the ground, although they've established a presence in Iraq and and Syria, the Islamic State, they are uh, having to yield territory under the concerted efforts in response to the concerted efforts of uh, the Iraqi uh, national forces, uh, Syrian government forces, uh, U.S.-led forces as as well, a number of, of forces opposing them. So they're having to surrender uh, territory that they have captured, but they still are in possession of a significant size, a significant amount of territory in those two states. Right. And and we've talked at length about the uh, attacks in recent months in various parts of the world, including in Europe. Uh, one question that I had, Professor, maybe you could shed some light on this, is that the horrific uh, mass shooting in Orlando at a gay nightclub uh, by a man who claimed to have been inspired by... ISIS. A lot of people would term that to be a lone wolf sympathizer. He certainly seemed like a disturbed individual who 
wasn't necessarily trying to, uh, I, I suppose, uh, do this for the glory of the caliphate, so to speak. Are there patterns that you see where these random lone wolf attacks may morph into something more? Well, it's true that ISIS is a, a source of inspiration for individuals and groups, individuals who are acting unilaterally, that is to say, not in any coordinated effort with with ISIS, um, as well as individuals and groups who have uh, uh, some connection with with ISIS. I think it's pretty clear that in the Orlando case, this was a, a lone individual who may have uh, been inspired by uh, by ISIS and something that he saw in in ISIS that, as I said, inspired prompted him to to take these these actions. We really don't know very much still about the the individual right. the, the the motivation behind. But another case more recently is Bangladesh, or uh, as recently, it, it seems. Uh, there, you mentioned the uh, attack on the cafe. That was a, a, a number of, of individuals, not a lone wolf. Um, uh, that's more of a, uh, as you refer to, a, a wolf pack, if you will. And uh, it's unlikely, from what we know, that ISIS has set up a fully-fledged operation of its own in in Bangladesh, but these were local individuals who were inspired by ISIS and in some cases have declared their their allegiance to it. So I think what's important to recognize that the Islamic State is both an actual physical entity occupying parts of Iraq and Syria, and it's there where it is seeking to establish, use as a, a basis, the establishment of, of uh, a, a new caliphate. But it's also, if you will, an imagined community to which radical Islamists worldwide feel that they are members. It's often easy for people who are not, I suppose, very close observers to conflate all these groups together, Boko Haram, Al-Qaeda, um, Islamic State, but certainly distinct differences between them. It was just, it seemed like a decade ago where Al-Qaeda was the, the big bad wolf here, so to speak. Is there, uh, according to some security experts, and we'd love to get your thoughts on this, a chance that Islamic State, while continuing to cede territory to some of the uh, coalition forces, may eventually morph into more of an al-Qaeda-like uh, MO, so to speak, where they're trying to try to plan meticulously these large-scale type of operations? Well, ISIS certainly shares with al-Qaeda an ideology that, that seeks to promote a fundamentalist version of Islam. So in that respect, the, the two organizations are very similar. And like al-Qaeda, ISIS's particular interpretation of Islam justifies extreme forms of, of violence. Um, and then again, similarly, like Al-Qaeda, it's established affiliates in Africa and Asia, as well as in the Middle East. But uh, it, I think what has been different about the two groups, maybe not so much the size, the scale of the violence, uh, I don't know if that is the future trajectory of ISIS, but the fact that ISIS is determined to hold territory, not just as a base of operations, which al-Qaeda did, but as an attempt to, as I said, reestablish um, a caliphate and the caliphate. And this is, in this sense, it hasn't relinquished this, this aspiration. I think that this is a distinguishing feature of ISIS with respect to al-Qaeda. And that goal, you don't feel, will be 
subsiding anytime soon, despite whatever losses of territory as it stands right now? Well, uh, it it could be abandoned over time if uh, if ISIS is defeated on the the battlefield. Uh, and if its ideological relevance is, is, is attacked and degraded by both local and international actors, then it is conceivable that uh, it will um, uh, diminish in significance as al-Qaeda did, but it may very well then be supplanted by an, another radical Islamic organization. Right. And indeed, there are many ISIS, is not, just, is not the only sure. one. Okay. We're going to have to leave it there, Professor, but we do appreciate your time, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Professor Richard Kaplan. We've got Seoul City News up next.